0: Hey, good morning, guys. Welcome to the Truth About Real Estate podcast. Today, we have Tim Stout here from Compass, and he's been a real estate agent in a mega team uh, for over nine years. He built a top producing real estate team in Atlanta and won multiple real estate awards, including the NCBOR Million Dollar Club Award for five years in a row, and the Cal- uh, Quetta Country Top Sales Team, and was named a Millionaire Real Estate Agent and Mega Agent at KW. Uh, thanks for coming to our show, Tim. Glad to have
1: you here. Thanks for having me, Matthew. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, so let's let's dive in. Let's learn more about you. Like, how did you get started in real estate, anyways?
1: I am a uh, a retired professional fighter, and once I once I retired from fighting. I wanted to get paid for what I did, not what I was supposed to do. So I knew I had to be in sales to do that. And I chose uh, real estate because that's the biggest purchase with the biggest commission.
0: Nice. A professional fighter. Uh, Where, wow. What kind of fighting?
1: (laughs) Uh, MMA and kickboxing.
0: Nice. Did you win any? um,
1: 26 professional MMA fights.
0: 26 professional. Who's your biggest uh, challenger?
1: The biggest fight I had was uh, Jason Miller the bully beatdown. okay <laughs> i fought him in uh in nashville nice how did you do Oh he beat the brakes off of me. he was uh, he was a much bigger much better fighter so it was, uh, it was at the end of my career and it was a uh i was looking for more of a paycheck than a title shot run so
0: how do you keep that mentality when you're doing like mma fighting and like how do you you know get into the zone and like you know you're you know going against a huge challenger and how do you like you know? Work towards defeating them. Uh,
1: I guess you don't want a lot of hard work to go to waste. Is one and two. I always uh, always hit really hard. So no matter how bad I was being beat, if I was, I just had to land that one punch, and I could I could end a fight at any time if I land one punch. And uh, so that helped me always push forward. And even like with this fight, like it, you know, it was it was a rough fight for me. I mean, he's he's a big man and uh, a very well skilled man. So it was it was a rough one for me. But the whole time I just had to land that one punch to, to win. So that keeps me that kept me moving. And normal people don't fight. So so you got to have a certain mentality to, to want to do that and and to make it at the level that I was at. You had to you had to be made of something different. And that, that grit is, is definitely what keeps you going.
0: Yeah, I can't imagine being in a fight like that at all. You know, that's, that's crazy. You know, you know you're going to a strong opponent who's going to hit you back, right? It's like yeah. a challenge. But do you bring that skill set too to real estate, right? Like you take that winning mindset, the determination, the grit and the hard work, and you put that training skills into real estate, right?
1: Yeah. One thing with, with fighting is one thing that taught me is the harder I work, the better I get. And, and I knew real estate was the, the same way. I knew that I wasn't a naturally gifted salesperson and I wasn't a an uh, overly educated person. So I knew coming in that I needed to surround myself with winners. I mean, I mean great podcasts like yours, great books, uh, mentors, coaches. I knew I had to do that because that's how I succeeded with fighting. And that's how I was going to succeed in real estate.
0: You know, in real estate too, I noticed like not all agents treat it like a real entrepreneurial startup business that they own and have professional coaches help them mentor and mentors. You look at professional NBA players, they have professional coaches all the time, right? They look at every single millisecond, every single turn, every single shot. But how, why isn't it in real estate
1: that people do that? I think, uh, I think you can do pretty decent financially by being mediocre and I think 95% of, of the real estate community uh, settle for mediocrity. And the 5% who don't, they're hiring coaches. And, and I've got multiple coaches. And I've got one coach I've had since I was in the business for a year. And he's been with me every step of the way, scaling from 10 closings a year to this year. You know, I closed over 400. And he was with me every step of the way. And so it's that top 5% realize how important coaching is
0: going from 1 to 400 and having a mentor coach definitely you know you've sh- shown that you've done it and you guys did it quickly and like 9 years is pretty fast it goes by pretty fast and most agents been in business 5 10 years that even have not done 400 plus transactions you know
1: yeah yeah it's 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 a scalable business if if you listen and and i think most people get into the business thinking there's a secret and there is there's an easier way to do it and there's a proven path to get there like the people who climb mount everest I use this analogy in my coaching. They they climb the same path that the first guy who succeeded did. They continue to climb it. It's not like you're climbing the most dangerous climb in the world, and you're like, "I'm going to try this way instead." Like, go to the way that's proven. And so many people refuse to do that because they want an easier path, and and it makes it harder on them.
0: I think one thing I learned in real estate is that, like, yeah, a lot of agents always want to like reinvent the wheel. But if you already know, and you're just using a really great analogy, you know, count uh climbing mountain the fact is if you already have a proven path like you mentioned you know that's really successful just follow the path and then slowly try to you know add value and deviate a little bit from it but don't go off the beaten path and try to reinvent the wheel that's already been proven multiple times over right
1: absolutely you learn you learn the path then you can make it your path but learn the path first
0: yeah i think that's where everyone gets stuck like the shiny object syndrome the I want to reinvent the wheel and make it different. Um, I'm unique. I'm different. But real estate is the same. It's basically you're trying to help serve your clients, provide the best value, help guide them towards finding the right property to either buy, live, or invest in, and what well, that makes sense. How did your coach help you go from one to four hundred? Like, what did they do to help show you the way?
1: Uh, he was mindset. Uh, it's co- Coach David Kesey. and it, it was it was a, definitely a mindset of of. I, mean, I remember telling him, like, you know, I'd like to be able to, you know, an average agent does 12 deals a year, you know, and if I could do 12, that'd be great. And he's just like, like, I'm the wrong coach for you if, if that's what you're wanting to do. If you're wanting to be average, he said, I'm, I'm not going to take your money. He go, and I'm like, OK. And then and after we worked and we scaled, I mean, I was selling 70 some properties with no assistant or anything. And I was still managing a gym full time. Like I'm, I own an MMA gym. And I couldn't work past four o'clock selling like 76 properties that year. And then I ended up having to step back and let someone else run that business to where I could go full time with real estate. And it's and it's definitely paid off and his his definitely mindset convincing me that it could be done is is what he did really, really well.
0: I think the hardest part is mindset. And I think the hardest part is helping agents change their mindset because they have a belief that bad habits sometimes and being able to be a coach to break those bad habits and to show them that here's a real path and you can do it based on what your goals are and being ambitious and hardworking. But a lot of people get taken off that and get distracted by everything else. You know, we know there's COVID, we know there's life, we know there's family, but even for you, you're, you know, you had a full-time business as MMA, you know, um, operations and a fighter, and you still did you know, a lot 76 plus deals, you know, how do you even have time to do that? How does that day schedule look like? You know, how do you do that?
1: Oh, I'm up every morning at four twenty. Uh, my first, I do jujitsu every morning at 6 AM. And as soon as I'm out of the, out of the gym, I'm into the office with meetings. And, and then, and now I, I do very little sales. I do a lot of, a lot of coaching. I coach uh, for David Kesey and I have about a 20 person team here that I coach. And my team in Tennessee is a, uh, is a four person team. And I coach, so that's mainly what I do. Is I manage, coach systems. But then, I mean, it was right out of the barrel. I was showing properties at all times. I always made time to prospect. That's one thing that that uh, Coach David really pushed on me. He goes, "If there's one thing in your in in every business that moves the needle forward, and if you find out what that is and you master it, you succeed." And for for our business, real estate sales, it is absolutely prospecting. If I don't have anybody to work with. I don't have any future income so we focused on that kpi of bringing of of mass you know calls mass emails mass facebook everything that we do to create a bunch of leads which allowed us to to pick and choose who we could work with because we you know through the process of elimination the uh, the cream always rises to the top and when you have a a massive amount of leads because you're prospecting so heavily i can work with the ones that are ready now and that's where the team come from because I realized that stuff was falling off my plate. So, so we hired a team to make sure that didn't happen. That's
0: a really like, good point. And I think a lot of people missed the point is that real estate is all about prospecting and that, you know, you you want to sell nice houses and luxury houses, but at the same time, you really, this is a sales job where you're actually calling and meeting people and networking and building as big of an audience you can, and the bigger you can get your audience, the more chances you have of more sales, right?
1: Absolutely. So do
0: a lot of agents get stuck on that. They don't focus on building the audience. They don't focus on prospecting and making the hard cold calls, the door knocking, you know, the social media, the videos, like they're not prospecting, right? How do you get your team to start doing more of that?
1: Uh, The expectation when when I hire them, uh, that they, you don't come onto the team expecting to be mediocre, Uh, like like the the minimum sales on my team is, is you need to sell uh, the minimum 24 a year, 24 deals and most of my team is anywhere between 30 and 40 yes. and it's it's important that uh that they know the expectation coming in and and i have come in for you to for you to receive leads you need to be in the office from nine to noon every day and then you make your calls then you set up your prospecting and then your follow-up and all that happens and all your showings and listings happen afternoon after 12. and um that keeps that keeps the ball moving and it, it's you know in in the beginning a lot of agents are like well I don't want to be here I don't want to be trapped there and I say okay well, maybe this isn't the job for you but the ones that come in and they commit to, to my schedule my scripts the training that we're doing here they they succeed really well and really fast we get I've had an agent who's literally been on weed f- leads for six weeks and she's already got four pending and <laughs> uh, but, but she, she I mean but you know we we have a lot of new agents in there and I prefer new agents and they're they're, they're ninjas they're they, they really get that training and run with it
0: i think new, new agents are open because they don't have the habits the seasoned agents might have and they're willing to learn and listen and they see a trusted leader they'll follow and they know that you already proven the path and they just need to do it and i see a lot of top producing agents we talked to on our show like number, uh, top agents in the industry they're doing the exact same thing you just mentioned they have a schedule a time block schedule and they know it's in the morning time they are hitting nine to 12 or even longer, they know they're always prospecting. They're sitting in a bullpen. They're prospecting together. They know it's all about the numbers. And what you're trying to do is reach more people faster throughout the day, get more connections and see who's going to raise their hand to want to buy or sell or invest. Uh, But when they do that, they know no matter what, even if you fail for the day, as long as you hit your number, you know, at the end of the year, you're going to succeed because you've done it throughout the whole time period. Most, Most agents follow through from that because they don't have a time block. They don't prospect. They don't do three hour prospecting. And have a schedule, right? They just kind of like want to off whatever I have time to do today. I'll just do, and everything goes from there.
1: Your numbers don't lie unless you lie about the numbers. And and by my my agents, you know, say if I require them to make uh, you know two hundred fifty calls a week, they're making two hundred fifty calls a week and say they get five five appointments. That lets me know they're having problems on the phone. But say they get fifty appointments, but they're only writing two contracts. That lets me know they have a, an issue face to face. It lets me know where I need to have their training up at, And uh, that that's the big thing. We track a lot of things, but it's that time blocking. The best time to call somebody is probably from 4 to 6 p.m. But you can't schedule your call time around 4 to 6 because you're absolutely going to be showing properties at that time. So done is better than perfect. So getting it done in the morning is better than waiting to try to get it perfect and you get two days a week instead of five days a week. That's
0: very true. I think a lot of people focus on being perfect more than being done, and that's where they're you know having coaches help you get over get over these humps. I see when we're coaching agents that the ones who are willing to listen and learn and say, "Hey, I'm just gonna I believe what you're doing. I'm just gonna follow that path," and they've proven their success to like for extra growth um, by doing the changes, which already they already know the changes are there, but it's the mindset that's screwing them up of, hey, I can do it better. I can do it later. And having that schedule and just focus and knowing your numbers makes the most sense. But that's the hardest part too for every agent out there. I think it's the- Tracking tracking
1: numbers. If we get experienced agents coming in and we let them know sort of what we're doing, it's it's a very, uh, they're fearful of that. Uh, Just because it's like, well, you know, I I don't have time to do it. And it's like, well, if if you can't track it, you can't grow it. And, 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 I, and that's one of my big sayings. And I believe it because we have to be able to track it to grow you. And the agents, you know, that once once they're in there and we're having one-on-ones and they understand, they're like, they're, they have a lot more ah oh, at that time because we're showing them statistical tr- proof of where they're at and why they're there. So once we put them on the corrective path in another month, they're like, you, you remember that talk we had last month and and I really didn't understand? Thank you for that. and. So, you know that that's that's what makes the difference that's what feels really good
0: i'm glad they're seeing that too I and mean, they know by your team and looking at each, each other that the people who are tracking the results and hitting the numbers and converting and learning to convert better through you know physical on the phone uh zoom for example then they're improving and they're getting more sales done and building more relationships how are you guys doing with um social media and video for you and your agents
1: we do, a, we do a lot of social media. Uh, we have, like I have this year, I hired a guy that just this content, he follows me around with the camera. Uh, we do videos, we do, we do pictures, you know, he just constantly helping me with content because that's one thing that I've always, I've never wanted to give away my social media, uh, because it's, it's so personal and it, it's, there's, it's so tricky. Uh, the algorithms change constantly. So to be able to, I've got to be on top of that at all times. And, uh, we do a lot of social media. It's it's really important that we're in the community. Um, we're educating people about the local community. We're educating people about the process of buying and selling. But as far as our big social media, my biggest uh, point is real estate is boring. Like nobody cares about real estate unless you're in the process of it. And if you're already in the process, most likely you're already hooked up with an agent. So so I focus on being the community expert. So. People already know moving into the area. You know, people are starting to hear they've already got people moving in. They're like, okay, this guy definitely knows the area. Uh, we're going to use him. So we, we're, we're heavily social media. I'm, I can't track all the business that comes from it, but it's definitely assuring to the public that they're like, hey, you know, these guys know what they're doing.
0: Great points. And I actually want to bring that up because when I talk to a lot of agents, they're like, uh, I don't have time for social media. So I I, still, I tell them, so you don't have time to earn more business, the fastest way to scale is through social media. Instead of doing one-on-one conversations, you can have one to a hundred, you can have one to a million. You don't know until you try until you start building an audience. And once you build the audience, people will, people want to listen. They want to learn, right? And they're open and especially seeing it from you. They actually get to learn about you, the way you work, your personality type, how you know funny you are, how, you know, how strong you are, what you do to negotiate, but Showing them the community, they get a presence, a sense that they know that you know what you're talking about. You know how to help them and you know how to invest in real estate for them. But a lot of agents say, I don't have time for that. And I'm like, really, this is one of the best ways nowadays, especially if everyone's from home, working from home, they don't want to see you in person, right? So social media, video marketing is one of the best ways to gain that influence, to provide value to the clients, to show them that, hey, you're here to help and serve them, right?
1: You're exactly right. are all great points. If you don't, you have to make time for that. And it don't have to be as much as I do. I mean, as much as a lot of people do, but it's, it's super important. Uh, like with me coming from a professional fighter background, and I'm not a big guy, but I'm six foot tall, 215 pounds. And so I'm not the easiest guy to walk up to. And this, this allows me to humanize myself. Like they, they see me doing jujitsu. They see me taking pictures of my dogs. They see me cutting up with the team, you know, they get to see this. So they get a. I'm not the big intimidating mean guy that people want to assume that a professional fighter is. And they're like, okay, he's normal. He just, you know, that's just what he likes to do, but he's normal. So it humanizes me a lot.
0: I agree. And when you told, uh, when you talk to your agents, say some of the agents who did, didn't uh, do any social media, how has that changed for them?
1: Uh, the agents within my team that they don't do a lot of social media, uh, but we do a whole lot. Like mm-hmm. as a team, okay. they do it. We do a whole lot of it. Uh, now, my coaching clients, uh, now, now I really encourage them to do a lot of social media because, uh, playing off your point, it's like I can have one-on-one conversation or I can do a post that, if it's if it's marketed well, if the if it runs well, if people like that content, ten thousand people are going to see it. Yeah. And there's no amount of calling that can replace that. And you can't build rapport through a text or through a phone call. It's a, it's a little harder. I, c- I can build rapport face to face, even if it's not a conversation, but they're getting to they're feeling like they know me. I pass people in the street all the time that speak to me and and I don't know them from Adam. And it's because they're so familiar with me because they see me every week doing something that they feel like they do know me. And it's and it, that's that's crucial for that also.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really important concept, especially as a coach and a team leader is to show the team how to do it and be in front of the camera and and doing it. But at the same time, telling, showing them that this really works. Because like, for example, some of my team uh, of agents, we showed them that, hey, by doing social media, you're going to improve your business drastically. And even though it takes time to build up and learn and be in front of the camera, everyone has fearfulness. Every day in front of the camera, you're fearful when you first start, but you just got to get comfortable with it. But the ones who have done it, And even ones who hesitated to do it, they done really well. And like some of my agents, they would say, As soon as they started doing social media and videos, everyone in the their neighborhood started recognizing them and they started seeing their signs everywhere. They visually started seeing the branding everywhere. And they said, Hey, I I know you from somewhere, but I don't really know. But I actually think about selling my house. Now I don't know why I want to work with I want to work with you, right? And they just started their deals just started doubling and they started doing more business. They started doing higher price points. And some of my agents hit like before they told me hey I'm in the average price point of a million dollars which is pretty good uh, decent in the Bay area but she goes I want to get to two to four million and after we started working with her for the first six months she started hitting multiple four million dollar deals and she go, oh I yeah. guess it's because of the social media the marketing the video marketing and like they see my brand they ask me questions and they just come list, come list me I'm like yeah because you're proving yourself you're a great person people just don't know who you are until you show them right you got to show them and the fastest way to show them is through video marketing. And then
1: it's amazing how it works when they listen to you, isn't it?
0: It is. And I had one of my hardest ones too. Like she would she would do a lot of deals, but she would never be on video any no social media. As soon as she started doing social media and she posted one video, she got a listing right away. And then she got two buyers right away. And then her business doubled within the first six months with me.
1: I bet she did a video every day then. i would.
0: <laughs> you would, but they still everyone's still fearful to do it though. Like every day. Even I am too. Sometimes I'm like, I don't want to do it, you know, but you just gotta do it.
1: People are afraid of uh of saying something stupid or looking stupid and it's like you you be you like i'm not going to talk about something i'm not i'm not very comfortable with people want to talk about selling buying skills uh fighting uh thing investing that's the type of conversations i'll have with people i'll, I'll throw the camera up I'll, I'll i'll do it but if you want to talk about you know quantum physics i'm i'm probably not going to get on video doing that so
0: Exactly. And I think for you too, like as your background in in MMA fighting, I'm sure you're, you're going to be picking up a lot of clients through just doing your social media, showing your personality, humanizing you. And they say, Hey, actually, you know, I enjoy watching MMA fighting. I enjoy uh, practicing it, for example. And they say, Hey, I actually would prefer working with a a top producing agent who understands my personality type and they connect with more with you. Right. But if you don't show them, I don't know what you'd like to do. You might like, you know, anything. I don't, I don't know until I know you. That's just a better way to connect with someone so like how many people do you have in your team now
1: uh we have about 20 total
0: how did you get from one to 20
1: uh well when I, when I first started hiring i hired an assistant uh to, to help me anytime scaling and, and i train all, all the clients when you're, anytime you're scaling you want to scale with uh Hourly salaried workers, because if you're doing your job correctly, if they do their job correctly, you'll be able to sell more and 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 keep more of your own money for marketing and in your business. So I had an assistant, and then I hired a buyer's agent, then I hired another buyer's agent, then I hired a contract to close, and then I built it up with you know five or six buyers agents. I had a contract to close, and uh, I was still doing all the listings. And to scale my business, I did I hired a listing manager. And, and then a listing uh, specialist. And, and then we grew from there. The way that I, lo- I scale my business, any business I've had is, is I consider my, my business as a pizza and it's, it's 10 slices and I'm looking down at the pizza and it's no matter how good you are, your pizza is only a medium. Like Matthew's Pizza is a medium, Tim's Pizza is a medium. I'm looking at the medium pizza and I'm looking, I said, which pizza pays me less? I was like, well, clerical work, secretary stuff, that's a $15 an hour job. So I pulled the medium slice out and I stuck an extra large slice in it. Someone who's going to own it, someone who's way better at it than me. And then it's like, okay, now what? No contract to close. That's the next one. You know, so let's pull that out. So I've got like two large slice, two extra large slices and eight medium pieces. And I kept pulling pieces out, replacing them with extra large pieces until I've got all the slices in there except one medium. And that's the job that I do. So I had to replace myself. And then I'm the cook, cooking this extra large pizza. And that's the way that I scaled. Everything was – what's the, what's the least dollar-producing activity that I can give away to focus on my most dollar-producing activity, which is prospecting and, uh, and appointments?
0: I think that's one of the hardest parts for agents to scale their business is the fact to let go because they're um... – Mentality, I think a thought process is I can do it better, and I think that's not the best way to go about it because if you're always doing better, you're never going to be able to scale your business right and grow to become a true leader operator of a business rather than being the worker.
1: I, I agree, and agents want to do what's fun, and it's and it's not. You don't do what's fun; you do what you're best at. What's the what's the? And every 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 agent I talk to that wants to start a team, they're like, I'm gonna hire an ISA, and I'm like, the one the one thing that brings in business, you're going to pay somebody hourly for. I mean, that I'm trying to get them, most most of the agents who think like this, they don't get the aha. They're not like, you know, they're just like, well, you know, calls are calls. I'm like, you know, 2% conversion and a 10% conversion is, 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 is 5X. That's a big difference. And that's a lot of people want to do it because they don't like it, but it's business and in, in about always enjoying it. It's about building it so you can enjoy it. So that's, I get it. It's, it's what are you good at? Well, what's, what's going to bring in the most money?
0: I think the hump is getting them over being a, you know, an employee, a job, um, just a self-employed contractor versus being a business. And the hump is, you know, figuring out how do you scale your business and how do you start learning how to delegate? I think the challenge and the fear is how do you learn how to delegate and how do you learn how to trust them and learn that process of building and scaling? That's the challenge that, not normally, like, people don't teach you. You have to learn yourself. You have to go read books. You have to learn from podcasts, videos, uh, talk to mentors and coaches on how do you scale your team. But once you do it, basically it's kind of like following the millionaire real estate agent model from you know Gary Keller, right? Following that model and then expanding on it and building your expansion teams. But that is a perfect model to follow in the start and go from there
1: to scale, right? And it, and it is. And I'm able to take what I've learned here in a little over eight years Started a team in Tennessee two years ago. And I have, I mean, we closed over hundred deals last year in Tennessee with two agents, two sales agents closing 50 deals a year a piece. And one of them is not even from the one of them is not even from the area. And the other one is a broker in the business. Like you're brokering the whole, the team, the real estate company and in the team, and they're selling 50 some a piece. And it's it's using the same skills. And one of them's only been in the business for two years. But the systems, the training, the procedure. It's very special. The team up there is very smart guys, you know, very hand picked, but they take the same systems, they put them in here, they believe in the systems, and they've been able to scale what most businesses up there can't do in a decade. They've been able to do it in two years. I think because of the systems procedures you're speaking of.
0: So it's funny too, like when you look at real estate and you look at all the different companies, there's so many different ways to do business in real estate, even though. Like uh, the, the, the systems are not shared throughout every single person who's working there. Even if you work at Compass, KW, it doesn't matter. The systems per team is not the same. It's always different. Everyone has their own kind of system and way, and the technology, the style, the price points, everything is different, right? So it's so hard, and people get, you know, um, they don't think about, okay, how do I build the system? Why do I have to build the system myself? I can't do it. I'm not an operator. I'm a sales guy, right, or I'm a marketing person. So then that challenge is how do you get the systems in place for them to follow and to build? To scale but having two agents who can do 50 deals per per person is a lot that means the system is really well run so that they can just do instead of like build right
1: yeah and it's and we're hiring more admin with them and and this year our goal up there is to scale like i want each one of them to have an agent underneath them so they can focus primarily on listings and be able to hand off some of the buyers and uh, be able to scale their business because one one thing that I, I do is when when you when you're into my little nest, like I really want to see you succeed. I really care about your success, and, and that's that's one thing that makes our team special. But up there, it's like so I want to teach them how to build businesses within my business and, and allow them to scale and you know exponentially and and help with their their profit margin, their way of life, and them being able to help other people too.
0: You know, when you have your team here, like for example, you have twenty-four agents, and how does the agents work? Like, um, how many listing agents and how many buyers agents? And do you have like a TC or admins for the whole team, or do they still have to do a lot of it
1: themselves? I have a, I have one listing agent, and uh, he has a, a listing manager, which basically his job is to, to prospect and go get appointments, and. and once he gets the appointments, he brings it into the listing manager, and the listing manager manages it, which is the hard part of the listing. She has an assistant for data entry, putting out signs, lock boxes, etc. Uh, we have ten, say ten buyers agents, and I have a sales manager who meets with them weekly to, to identify their strengths, their weaknesses, how to improve their game. And uh, I'm hiring. Now I've got a contract to care or con- contract to close, but she's actually the director of operations also. And uh, she's really helped me scale the business. She's been with me since like for over five years, and uh, so we're moving her into operations, and then we're hiring another contractor to close for her. So we we do the hardest part. If if real estate is a sandwich, and you just want to eat the meat, you got bread and ham and cheese, bread. You know, say you you don't want to eat bread. Bread's the part that you don't like. Uh, the getting the lead is the bread, and closing is the bread. I do both of those for them. So they just get to eat the meat which is the, the fun part they get a call prospect show appointments handed off and, and repeat so most agents are going to close eight to ten deals a year mine are going to close 25 to 40-ish because we take everything hard and stressful out of their plate and if we can keep them with seven and eight pending at all times if one falls out it's not a it's not the end of the world and it doesn't affect their morale and they're able to help that client even more
0: I think that's a good thing too. Like when you look at an individual versus a team, individual has to do everything, right? And it's so hard because in real estate per transaction, how do you have time to prospect to uh, serve your clients on all your listings and buyers and show buyers? And then at the same time, do all the paperwork and. You know, from there there's like a thousand tasks per person, right? So how do you, you know, by scaling the business, you're actually creating hyper focused agents who can do what they love to do, like either helping buyers, helping sellers, specific markets and just focusing on that versus doing all the back end, the operations, the administrative, the marketing. And by doing that, they can do way more transactions per and help serve more people and in the end of the day, you know, make ultimately make more money, right? With more focus and time back.
1: Absolutely, a lot of people want to stay away from teams. I'm not giving them half my money. That's that's, I hear that a lot, but I'm like, I'm going to triple what you do and make it easier for you. Do the math on that, and they're doing it, and they're like, ah, and and they get it. Like it's a big aha moment. Like we're taking away everything stressful and hard, going to triple your sales, which is going to to double your money, and or more than double it. And they're like, and some of them get it. The ones that are really willing to listen, because there's certain people who realize they have holes. And some people realize they blame everything on the market and yeah. it's you know, a good salesman can sell in any market. It's just, it's tricky.
0: And I think it's the 80, 20 rule too. Like we know we try really hard to find really good agents and help them grow. But at the same time, we understand not everyone will want to listen to learn to be coached or want to do And it's hard, right? But you're trying to help them. And you know, in the business wise, the ones who are doing the business is the top 5%, top 1%. And they're doing 80% of the businesses anyways. But to build a scalable team is the ones who are willing to learn and listen and follow and say, hey, I know what I'm good at. I like to help people. I like to network. I like to be out in the field. You know, I hate the, for example, I hate the the marketing side, the TC side. And once you have a team to do that, your team can grow exponentially, right? That's why Absolutely. there's huge mega teams out there. There's some teams with, I would say, hundreds of agents in a team setting, but they have a really run structured like a corporate style business as like a machine that can serve more people, right?
1: And it, it allows people, because people people value their freedom more than they value money. Uh, once they get to a certain level of like, like say you're comfortable at $100,000 and that allows you to live the life you want to live, making two don't interest you near as much mm-hmm. as you having seven vacations next year. So on a team, it allows that because if, if, if me and you are, are, are on a team and you call me and you're like, Tim, I'm going to be in Hawaii for a week. Can you handle these buyers? I'm like, sure. Next month I'm going to Hawaii. Can you handle mine? Absolutely. And and it, and it works like that. And that's one thing we do inside all the time on our Slack channel. It's like, hey, you know, I've got two showings back to back Can somebody cover this one and they do it and it's their client. It's not, you know, they're doing it because Everyone in this building wants everyone to succeed, and that is something you don't see a lot. and I, And I'm super proud of the 2021 team because of that.
0: I'm glad you guys do that. And I was I was a heavy believer in that too. Like as a broker, I'm always like, "Hey, any agents, you guys need vacation time, whatever time, sick time, just let me know. I'll take care of it." And you you know, when I need it, hopefully you can help me. But I don't I don't expect that at all. Um, but by doing that, you're really growing a really good culture, a team, and support each, supporting each other. And they know they're not. Uh, competitive against each other they're more as a family right it's better run that way
1: it says a lot about you it says a lot about you about the leaders doing that
0: that's a that's a good part and finding a good leader is hard and finding a leader who wants to support you and help you grow it's hard to find and someone like you when they find it they should stick with it and you know show them how to get to where they want to be and you're talking about like the freedom number 100,000 200,000 find your help them get to the freedom number and they're happy and they want to keep just building with you, and you know, bring this business to like a, a thousand transactions a year, and just you know, helping that many families, right?
1: Yeah, you you'll get the right people. That's uh, like like my director of operation, uh, Mackenzie. She's she's been with me for five years. When I was you know not selling near as many as I am now, and she was a, a failed agent. She was an agent who she couldn't sell. I mean, because she looked like she was fifteen year old. So it was diff- she was successful as an agent. Mm-hmm. But not to what she could have been. And when I pulled her into what she's doing, it's like exponentially, like that was her thing. And she didn't even know it. So I've got to be able to coach her on, on leadership and things and 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 as as a single contractor, to close agent, she closed three hundred deals last year. Single by herself. And <laughs> three hundred helped me run my business and still help me run my business. And so it's that's she's a grower. She is she is one that's going to uh that, that's important that's with me and I'm trying to grow her through the ranks and 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 get her where she wants to be in life and and anybody who wants more in life that's on my team it's my job to get them there and if they don't they fail I fail because they do if they don't succeed I don't succeed and and that's I seriously believe that with all of my uh uh all of my teammates
0: I completely agree. It's like, you know, like as leaders, you you're, it's, it's always our responsibility to take care of our agents and show them as long as, you know, we're setting expectations, we're asking them what they want to achieve and we're helping them get there. And as long as they're doing, then, you know, it's our responsibility to help them get there right? and show them the way to get there. Like for me, I love investing in real estate in multi-unit buildings. Uh, but, you know, some agents talk about it, but they're not taking the steps forward to do it. Some agents will do it and they see the exponential growth creating more passive income in apartment buildings, you know? And I thought you guys talked about too, I see you mentioned you got, you're actually a investor as well, right?
1: Yeah. I think anybody who is selling residential real estate should be investing. Like that's the whole reason you sell is because it, it gives me, it gives me first dibs at every property I look at. And it's, it's crucial the, the way that I've been able to start buying real estate in the last four or five years and the income I've already been able to create uh, through, through re- investing, not through making money selling, but through investing. It's it's ridiculous because it's going to be I'm going to be able to retire at an age where I can still live life if I want to retire to choose I could, where I can still live life I could still you know learn to surf or, or whatever people do but it's it's crazy because of real estate investing is it's it's a way for a normal person to 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 be to be you know wealthy to not have to depend on a nine to five.
0: What uh, kind of real estate do you invest in?
1: I have um, two multi families, and I have a quadplex, a duplex, and eight single families.
0: Nice, that's a lot already. It's a lot to manage too. Do you do you self manage or you have property manager?
1: I, I own a property management business, and I have a, a property manager who's who's phenomenal at it.
0: When do you have time to sleep? Yeah, <laughs> you have a lot of businesses, which is great.
1: It's well. well I've anything in business, you, you you partner with people like really good people. In, in my MMA gym, I've partnered with someone who does nothing. He owns several MMA gyms, and that's what he does well. With the uh, property management business, I've partnered with 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 uh, Cheryl. She's a great property manager, and that's what she does. And with every my, my wife runs the hair salon that we own, and it's like I feel like I've got other. I got my businesses in Tennessee. I partnered with them. All all three of the people that are on that team up there. Uh, they, they run it like my brokerage in Tennessee. They run it. It's my partnership is my, you know, I bring capital to it, but it's, it's, it's my experience. It's, it's the 500 books I've read. It's the thousands of podcasts. It's the 10 thousands of dollars I've spent on coaches and courses, you know, in the last several years that that's, that's what they get from me besides capital. They get the experience, they get the roadmap and what I can do for them.
0: I like that because you're showing how to go to the high road and be a, a true leader and having, especially a true leaders. always, you know, read a lot of books, they digest everything out there. They, from anyone out there, no matter what age, different, uh, different experience levels, by digesting it and resharing it and just, you know, R&Ding everything and mm-hmm. supporting your team across the board, you're, you know, hyper-focusing on just being the leadership where you're helping like as advisor to all these companies you own and run with partners and you're finding true leaders who can run the operations and you're guiding them with your experience. And by also synchronizing the different businesses, you can actually work together on those. Like property management works with your, you know, for example, if you had construction, if you had investing, they can you can help support each other, grow faster, right?
1: I'm a, I'm a big uh, component of you partner with people. You don't partner with ideas. It's like I find you know if I meet you out on the street and you want to open a taco truck, that's that's the idea now. Like that's what you're passionate about because I'm partnering with you, not the idea. And a lot of people partner with with uh, ideas, and or or they partner with with the wrong people. Or a lot of people they're just as scared of success as they are failure, and they want to partner with people in the MMA gym. That in that world, that is a big deal. Like. You know, five or six years ago, every MMA gym you go into has seven owners, but there's always one or two doing all the work. Then it goes upside down because of that. It's, it's yeah. You got to you got to you got to find the right partner. You got to you got to go with the person, not the idea.
0: I completely agree. You need to find people who are good partners. Trust is number one thing. Loyalty and then execution. You know, people can have great ideas. It doesn't matter without execution, right? Yeah.
1: You got to pull the gun up and start shooting. Then you can start aiming. And so I tell everybody, it's like the people who who pull the the target up in their scope. and They're just looking and looking and looking. It's like, you're never going to get sighted in. You're never going to figure it out. You've got to, you've got to start, you know, pulling the trigger to see where you're at on the target to be able to adjust people. uh, The people who, you know, they just want to hurry up and wait and they want to wait and they want to wait. And it's, you got to start firing. It's, that's where you're going to find out where you're at.
0: I think that's the hardest part for people. It's like, yeah, pulling the trigger and going, just, just doing it, you know, Forget the perfection. Just execute, right? And just keep testing, executing every day, and getting improving one percent a day at least.
1: Done is better than perfect.
0: Yeah, exactly. Done is better than perfect. So, like, what areas are you investing in? Are you investing all in Atlanta? Are you investing in other states? What are you doing?
1: Now, well, right now I'm in all. Uh, I'm in uh, you know South Atlanta, uh, Coweta County, Fayette County. I Started going to Troop, which is Lagrange uh, City, Lagrange. I've got some investments there. I am in contract in a, with a commercial building in Tennessee for the brokerage. Uh, we're We're buying a building up there and uh, so it's so we're expanding to Tennessee now, but here I'm very comfortable with this market. I can get uh, you know I can get my my one percent. I can get the cash flow that I need. I can get the debt that I need. I can get everything that I need to to grow. So until I outgrow it here, I'm 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 good here. So uh, I really like locally investing. I like driving my properties and and knowing it's mine, knowing knowing I had something to do with that.
0: Nice. Are you planning to do uh, trade up your properties to bigger buildings, apartment buildings?
1: Yes, I am. I think that uh this year I want to do I've got a couple challenges mentally. Like I've got a, a home equity line of credit, like probably only a third of my properties are are debt and the rest of them are are paid for. So I've pulled out some uh, for a home equity line of credit. And my goal is to to burr or eight of those properties with the same home equity line of credit in one year. And I've did it twice and I've got one pending now. So that'll be it. So I did it November to November and I've been able to do it twice already. So I wanna do that, but then I wanna also do a bigger buy. I want a a small apartment complex. I want a a mobile home park. I, I want a self-storage. I want a bigger play, you know, in 2021, along with those eight.
0: Nice. I think that'd be a good challenge and focus. Like, I love multi-unit buildings. I love apartment buildings, and I think that's the way to go. Especially if you have sing- a lot of single families. You mentioned eight of them. Per- personally, for me, mm-hmm. I like to trade all of those properties and to go to a, for example, go to eight unit, go to a sixteen unit, a twenty unit, you know, and just get to the bigger scales and go to as big as you can get go- get to, and either burying the properties or else, you know, selling them. Depending on your numbers, um, ten thirty one exchanging them, but it's a great way to keep building the equity into, you know, bigger buildings, right?
1: Yeah, no, no, that's that's definitely the next step. Uh, where I'm at, there was very little, uh, multi, there's very little affordable multifamily. There was, I mean, we our average price point is two sixty, two seventy in in my area, and there was an apartment complex that just sold for like sixty five million, and it was, <laughs> which wow, which is it doesn't sound like a lot probably for you know for somebody in the bay area uh, but it's here lot. it's like wow like it, it was it was ridiculous and so it's multifamily. there's not a whole lot of it around and not a, definitely not a whole lot of it for sale
0: that's true because i think in san francisco bay area we have ranges we can go from like one unit we can go to the 5 15 20 60 100 200 it, you can get there it, the price points can go up some buildings i sold for 100 million plus and um, those are crazy buildings really nice pacific heights great locations but on average most people go to the 5 to 15 range in san francisco area just because the price points around 3 million plus uh but outside out of state like for atlanta what's is there a five to 15 units over there what's the
1: price points in the city, I'm sure they are. Probably probably one to two. It yeah. wouldn't be ridiculous. It's uh, yeah. I mean it's definitely not definitely not Bay Area prices. It's not city prices, but it's it's definitely more than it is here.
0: Okay. So cost per unit is actually the same or cheaper than a single family home then. Because if you say two fifty per house and you buy a five unit. It could be, yeah. Or fifteen unit, yeah. yeah. So yeah, just getting to that. But the, of course, even for us, like if you had a four unit and a five unit, we take the four unit at some, at the most point because of the loans, you know, a residential loan versus commercial loan. But if you're going to five, you might as well go to try to aim for 10 to 15.
1: I agree. Just cause you're going to have to go through the commercial process anyway. you might as well get a little swing a little harder.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So like, your goal right now, you guys are gonna you know keep building the investing up, and that investing creates passive income and creates equity, right? And you're adding value to the community, to the properties themselves. How did you get to yeah. like, start buying properties and like start investing? Like, what made you see that light and how to take the risk to do it?
1: When I first started uh, uh, doing real estate, I was still when I was you know I, I used. To- coach at the gym, me and my wife, we we would show up at the gym at like 6 a.m. We'd have personal training clients. We would teach client classes. She would cut hair. We all had it all out of the gym. It was all like one big thing. So we were there 14 hour days. And one of my clients had a property and like, man, I'll sell you this property. And I'm like, I don't have no money. I just started this real estate thing. I don't know if it's going to pay off. I don't understand it. We ought to buy it. And, and me and a friend was there and we ended up getting this sale for like $6,000. But nobody had picked up his bank own. Nobody had picked up rent in uh, a couple of years. This was, you know, right out of the, the the dip. And this is a rougher area of town. Nobody wanted to really go collect rent there. Uh, so he, you know, he took me and I met the, the, uh, the, the, the tenant. And I asked the tenant, I said, what's the last time you know you paid rent? And it's been a while. I said, well, what, what do you pay? And they said, I pay. last time I paid is $500 a month. And I just paid, you know, $6,000 for this and I said, okay, on the first, you know, be, that'll be what it's worth paid. Okay. I showed up, got 500 bucks, walked out the door, called a, uh, called a past client. Like, you're still buying, uh, investment property? Said, yeah. so said, well, I've got one. I'll sell you. It's like, it's cash flowing 500 bucks a month. So what you pay? I said, I'll give you six, $16,000. And, um, he said, okay, deal, write it up. So sold him that property. And we took that payment and bought three more like rougher area houses. Kept them for a couple of years, bought two or three more, and then we sell those. We've worked our way up like buying $30,000 properties. Now I'm buying $160,000, $170,000 properties and just just worked my way up and you know, tripped over a pretty good deal on a quadplex, a duplex. And just so I started lower working up, but I've got to scale a little faster. like exactly what you're talking about.
0: Nice. That's a great way to do it too. And one thing I like to do, like, for example, when we're helping investors, like, hey, this is like, we're asset managers in a sense, right? We're helping you as advisors um in real estate. You know, help you build up your portfolio and like this is not one time opportunity to work with you. We're going to just keep building and exchanging and exchanging and you can keep growing fast as you want to do. A lot of people get scared of the first one. The first one's always the hardest. No matter what you do, the first one's always the hardest to do. And once you can get over that, and the best way to get over that is to have your core four people, you know, you got to have your realtor, you got to have your lender, you got to have a contractor, got to have a property manager and getting looking at the numbers talking to the team saying this makes sense financially and this is a great investment versus stocks for example and yeah price points like you mentioned six thousand sixteen thousand there is stuff there's stuff out there and you're not locked into one area like you don't have to buy in san francisco you can buy in anywhere in the united states you just gotta find the team to support you to do that right
1: 100 i agree 100 percent.
0: yeah because it's nice to see you bought homes in that range and you're able to grow equity you're able to get income cash flow even at that price point, it doesn't matter, right? It's just finding the deal that makes sense for you.
1: It's what I, what I tell people because I've worked with a lot of investors. I enjoy investing and I enjoy working with investors and they're like, well, there's no good deals out there. And I'm like, I'm like, deals are made, deals are not found. It's like, like what works for you? What works for the seller? We can we can find a middle ground a lot of times if you're willing to talk, if you're willing to find out. Like I've I'm worked a lot of deals in the last couple of years of, of convincing the seller to take less But then hold the note and then they don't understand it but i'm like now you're making this percent interest so you're going to make this much more so actually you're going to make more in five years and they're like okay i'll do that then it makes sense for them all of a sudden because most of them don't need cash now they've got 15 other properties you know they're just going to do something else with it so but when i show them that's a smarter investment they go with it so like deals are deals are definitely made
0: I think that is all about communication and helping the buyer and seller understand here's the strategy for both parties to win and that it makes sense financially for both parties and understanding that. But that comes from a real investor, an agent who has experience in investing and knowing that, hey, you do it yourself as well and you're helping your buyers and sellers to negotiate a good deal for each other. And it, it makes sense. Go for it. Right. But a lot of that comes with experience and time. And I think I, I promote that agents need to learn how to invest. They need to learn how to buy multi units, negotiate it to make money and how to create that value so that they can show their clients how to invest as well without doing it yourself. How do you sell that? Right. How do you show them how to make money?
1: Uh, I, the math. I do a lot of educational stuff, and I have a private Facebook group, and it's just, and I'll walk them through the process of when I buy a property, why I bought it, why it makes sense. This is what I did. This is the financing, and like the last couple of deals I did, you know, the, when I did, I did in Lagrange, I paid fifty for it, did a fifty thousand renovation, and then when I cashed out refinance, I pulled out hundred and fifty, so I made fifty thousand dollars on the refinance, and now I'm still making four hundred dollars a month on the per door per the house. Right. And then I walk people through that process, and they're like, "Can you show me the, how to do that?" I'm like, "This is this was an absolute home run, but I can absolutely show you how this is done." And and then they start getting under they understand it. Then they get start getting where they want to pull triggers, and it's like, that's where we've got to get them, to so just where they understand it enough to want to move.
0: I think the educational piece that you just mentioned right now, like for example, if you're doing monthly events on that topic, here's how, here's properties where our team is looking at. Here's how you buy it. Here's how you run the numbers. Here's how you build your team. Here's how our team helps you buy these properties. Uh, I think a lot of people will attend those events and they want to see it, right? Because it's easy to tell someone, hey, go invest in real estate. But when you're showing them step-by-step how you're investing in real estate, how you're running numbers, how you're making that net profit and the equity gains and burrowing it out, then they're like, Oh, I can do that. It's actually not as complicated as I thought because people get mixed up in their head. Like, it's so complicated. It's not that complicated. You just have to know what you're doing, know the numbers, know your team, and to run the numbers on every property in your area to make sure it actually pencils out. Then you
1: got to quit looking at it. Tell them to quit looking at it at such a micro level and and back out of it and look at a macro level. You don't have to understand all of it. You have to understand enough to get going. And it's, and I, I tell people it's a two-piece advice. I said, don't do the rehab yourself and don't manage it yourself. Because mm-hmm. if you do either one of those two, you're never going to get over two properties because it's going to drive you nuts, you know, getting all the calls and dealing with the tenants, because you're probably not going to get as good attendance as a property manager would. You're not going to get a good deal on, on on fixing things as the property manager will, because they've got relationships and long term business. And I tell people, I know people who's bought a property and want to manage it and they never get past one property. You will not get rich. You will not get cash flow at one property. It's it's not going to happen it's it's rough
0: it is and i think a, a good example as someone mentioned before it's like stocks and real estate for example in stocks do you really know the company you're investing in do you see the insides and now? do you go visit the property the company you don't Very right true. So why are you doing that with real estate? Treat the real estate that you're not living in, treat it as an investment vehicle. What do you need? You need a team. You need a property manager. You need lenders. You need contractors. You need an agent. You need people to be on your team to invest with you, right? And what basically what you're doing is you're looking at the numbers. Even in stocks, you don't know every single line item. You don't look at all the financials, the gap, you know? Do you look at that? Not really, but you're trusting your team to do it, I hope, you know? So in real estate, yeah, if you're doing one off and you're property managing yourself, you're doing all the work yourself. Yeah, you're right, you're not you're not going to be able to scale up that
1: business. It'd be very difficult to scale it and it's not going to be a fun process. I yeah. I, want, I want my property manager walks in my office every day on the 15th and hands me a check and a spreadsheet of where things went. And she's like at this part, you know, I'm just going to, you know, I want to do she does a lot of the work her, her like she don't have to ask me to do certain things. And it makes it so much easier on me to do that because I don't, have to, I don't have to deal with it. I don't have a call. She comes in on the 15th, hands me a check and a spreadsheet, going over, thank you. And, and I mogully deposit my check and that's it. Like nobody knows I even own the properties because she does everything with them
0: exactly i think that's the best way too because you're stepping out of that you know in the front talking to all your tenants dealing with all the issues all the maintenance all the you know noise complaints whatever requests but now focusing on the financial level and as an ownership level you're being able to say from high level okay property manager let me know what what's going on every month every quarter how we're doing and how can we keep improving and the property manager's job is to add value how do i you know make the improve the property? How do I add value? How do I increase the rents? How do I get to market rates or uh, build equity on the property? And I think one thing people don't realize is property managers are actually an asset. They're not an expense. The asset is being the fact as they they can provide value. They can tell you even then, hey, I know you're investing in real estate and you bought this one. There's another property that I manage, but would you be interested in buying this property as well? So that's added value because you wouldn't get that by yourself.
1: Absolutely. And there's a lot of uh there's a, there's not a lot of deals out there right now. Like you're going through it too. I mean, you you've probably got some condos and some co-ops that you yeah. have inventory, but single families, you're not going to find it. And because of, you know, my property manager and other property managers, I'm like, Hey, you know, it's top of the market. You got anybody want to unload anything that makes sense. It's and, and sometimes you're like, yeah, look at this. And I'm like, okay. And you can make a deal. And it's, that's what I enjoy. It's like, cause like you said, that's an added benefit that you're not going to get anytime else just for asking a question
0: yeah i think property managers are a great asset to have even as a realtor it's a great asset to be connected to all the property managers out there in your area because they know they can they manage all the assets and they have the, the client is their investor right so once you know Absolutely. and have good connections you say hey i'm looking for this do you have any clients i do can we take a look at it yeah right and those that's how deals Absolutely. are done off market so those are kind of things I appreciate, especially in the investing side of real estate. You start learning more about h- how to work with investors, how to find them, how to build a team, how to invest, and how to buy out of state. Because in real estate, you don't need to buy physically next to where you live. It's nice to have that. You can drive by and see it. How often do you really drive by every single property you have? Like even for you, you have 14, you have twelve to fourteen properties. Do you visit each one of them?
1: Absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, I've been. I've probably not been in. I've not been inside several of them five years since i bought them i mean i I literally walk through and and decide if i want it if the numbers make sense the inspector goes through and the property manager goes through and i've been in a house one time and i've owned it for you know five six years
0: yeah even some of my clients like i help property manager uh quite a few properties as well and they haven't seen it for years but they know that we're running all the numbers for them we're helping them increase value we're getting the highest paid rents in the market for them and they're just happy right they don't deal with anything and the management fee it's alone is built in. It's not even much for them. Cause one yeah. thing is that if you could rent it out the property yourself, yeah, you might get X dollars, but how do you know that the property management can't get you more than that? And that management feeds already built into it anyways, that it makes more money than you. And I've proven that multiple times for my clients. Like, Hey, I'll run it higher than you will because we have really good marketing. We have really good photography, videography, drone, 3d. And we do that work for the high, high price points to get you the top dollar. It's like, Oh, okay. I see that makes sense i w- I was thinking that way I thought property management is a fee is expense it doesn't add value You just take my money to manage a tenant there who's already paying monthly what are you doing right
1: <laughs> and some people is it is a fee but there's the top five ten percent that's going going to go above and beyond do a better job and 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 add actually add value to to the client.
0: Yeah. So before we wrap up, I just want to ask like two things. Like, h- h- what do you recommend for agents to build, start building their own team, and how do they stay in communication and stay as a team? And then the last question is just about investing, but we'll start with the team part of it.
1: The uh, my advice for people wanting to build a team is uh, like everybody on my team comes to the office. That helps. We do uh, like we do events uh, with each other within the team. We do client events where we're interacting. We do things. Out of out of work. That's that allows us to to bond. That uh, that's important. And they've got to know that that you care. And if you don't care, don't be a team leader because you're going to be miserable. Because if you don't care about the well being of the team, it's going to be hard. Uh, that'd be the biggest thing as far as building the rapport. Uh, we come into the office, we work, we have expectations. Because if I tell you us and Matthew, you know, we got to close twenty four deals this year, and you're like, well, my goal's thirty, and I'm like, okay. Now your goal is 30 and I've got to hold you accountable to it because if you fail, I fail and, and I hate failing. And so I, my job is to push you. It's like, okay, well, we're going to make this many calls, but you upped your goal to 30. So now we've got to up it, you know, two calls a day to, to make the numbers work and where you're at in your, your closing ratio. And you just got to hold people accountable and care.
0: That makes sense, and I'm glad your your accountability is one of the hardest parts for people because that's uh, independence. I want to be free. I don't want to be in a corporate job. I don't want to be re- responsible to someone else, right? But having that accountability is just the, the most important. Whether it's a teammate, it's a coach, it's a mentor, it's um, a leader, you got to have accountability to actually hit your goal. Without it, it's really hard to be self accountable, right? Like, imagine an MMA. Absolutely. Can you be self accountable to become a professional MMA without any coach? I don't think you can, right? It'd be really hard.
1: Maybe 20 years ago in the first UFCs, <laughs> but now it's, it's hard. I mean, I had boxing coach, tie boxing coach, wrestling coach, jujitsu coaches and a head coach, strength and conditioning coach and a nutrition coach, like all of them. And, it's <laughs> wow. ever, and it was, and everybody had to stay in their lane. And, and I learned jujitsu from one wrestling from one boxing, kickboxing, tie boxing, strength and training, nutrition. Then I had the head coach and be like, okay, well, this is what we're doing with all that. And nice. you know, a lot of times that coach overlapped.
0: So you have, you have to have a team to support you to grow. Even as a team leader, you still need a t- coaches. So if you in want to regard- see yes. great, um, in regards to investing, like what do you see right now for 2021? How do you think the market is for Atlanta, for your Tennessee, uh, with COVID with post COVID, how do you see the, the real estate market going?
1: Uh, I don't see much changing. like, like where I'm at in, in where we're at in our town, like there's, there's no mask mandates, nothing shut down. I go out to eat every day. I go to the gym. I teach jujitsu. Nothing changed for us. Wow. Very, very little change for us. And uh, I don't see it changing. I a lot of people argue the doom and gloomers are saying, we're going to see a recession. We're going to see a foreclosure crisis. The only thing that drives a market is is, uh, is supply and demand. We have a very, very little supply and a very big demand. Until that changes, I think we're safe. Uh, interest rates are, are predicted to stay low through 2021. So I don't see anything changing. I think 2021 will probably be the best year we've ever seen in real estate.
0: Nice, yeah, I kind of agree with you too. Like for our area, we have shutdowns; everything's shut down right now. We're all stay-at-home orders, but you know, real estate market—people are still buying. People are still buying in a lot of single-family homes. Condo market, downtown market is hit. But at the same time, everyone wants to have bigger houses, bigger space, better price points. Interest rates are super low. It makes sense to buy still, and I think the values will still go up, uh, especially then. Rents have gone down like 20%, so that's have been hit. But the multi-units are still staying. They're still holding. It still makes sense to keep them or uh, trade them. So it's a great time for them to trade if they can afford to trade right now. Uh, those, that's a good option for those people. But I want to thank you so much. How do people... um? agents and people reach out to you and how do they learn about your team to join your team or to help help them buy and sell real estate
1: uh like my, my instagram that's a quick way to get a hold of me is uh, at the tim stout and facebook the same thing and like i answer every message like i respond i'm very responsive uh you know they can follow me on the uh, you know facebook tim stout and associates and then that way they can see every everything that i'm doing and you can always reach out to me email
0: Nice. And how do the how do you get to know you and join your team?
1: Uh, social media again. I mean, just reach out to me and and we set up meetings and because like, I I've got to make sure it fits for you too. I don't want to bring you into a situation that's going to make you miserable because you don't like being managed. And you know I can learn that thing through the interview process. And if it's not a good fit, I'll give you some tips and advice on how to grow your own business. But at work at working here is not not for everybody a lot of teams they, they'll hire anybody who can who can follow the mirror, and that's that's not what we do my job is to make your life better and i want you to make that easy on me but with with loyalty and work ethic
0: nice and do we get a uh, professional mma training from you too
1: <laughs> you can yep 6 a.m jiu-jitsu
0: nice i would love to see that someday come by and visit you over there i'm sure you get by kicking oh,
1: five see. minutes yeah <laughs> you kick my butt on commercial uh, on buying apartment buildings.
0: All right, thanks so much for being on our show. I Really appreciate your time and value here, and to, uh, showing our channel and our audience about real estate, about sales, about investing. And you know, um, definitely reach out to Tim. Um, any questions about Atlanta, Tennessee over there? But feel free to check out our podcast, "The Truth About Real Estate," and on, and more at MatthewMod.com And we will look forward to seeing you guys soon. Thanks so much. Have a great day.
1: Thank you.